Hey guys, today I want to talk about some time management slash energy management strategies that I've been using, how they've helped me, why they helped me, and which scenarios, most importantly, do they work in and when do they not work for me. And hopefully, this will help you out to understand how to apply these tools in your own life as well. So that's right here in the Purposeful Productivity Podcast. You're listening to the Purposeful Productivity Podcast, where we talk about the science, stories, and strategies behind productivity that lights you up without burning you out. With your host, na naniniwalang ang perfect na dami ng pansit kanton ay one and a half packs. Celsa Alejandro. All right. Okay, so let's talk about some tools that I use to basically manage my workday. And we'll see how it goes, right? So a bit of context first. Like, why is it important for me to even care about how I work? Like, why can't I just work and not care about how I'm managing said time, right? So the reason why it's so important for me to try all these different tools out, aside from the fact that I help other people do this for themselves, is because there's a lot on my plate. And I want to make sure that I'm maximizing my energy, my time, my focus, so I can be productive without burning myself out. Because if you know me in real life, you know I have a lot of hobbies, I have a lot of interests, there's a lot of things that I want to do. And it's not because I'm externally pressured to do all of this. It's because I really want to do them. And so I'm coming from that place of there's so many things I want to do. And I want to be able to do that in like the fastest way possible. That's also still sustainable, right? I want to make the most out of the time that I have, basically. And I'm sure I'm sure if you're listening to a podcast like this, then you can relate, right? Like you want to be able to be more productive in a way that lights you up instead of pressuring you to do all of these things. The reason why I also want to talk about my personal journey is because I understand that productivity is very personal. So I want to share my journey and some insights that I've had. And hopefully that helps you guys reflect on the way you work, and how you can apply these specific tips. There's advice out there that tells you when to do what, but doesn't really expound on the context. And I feel like we need more content that expounds on the actual context of how these tools are being used. Because there's a lot of information out there, but not a lot of insight or not a lot of help to guide us make said insights for ourselves. So I guess, yeah, knowing some context about me would definitely help. Aside from producing a podcast, which I am aiming to do on a consistent basis, I also have, I guess, two sides of the business. One is productivity coaching slash talking to people, guiding them for their personal and team productivity. And another one is as a Notion consultant. So Notion is this tool that I use. And I'm seeing a lot more people in my network using it. And I basically help people build those Notion workspaces for them. So I'm basically helping them build said workspaces for them inside of Notion. 
or even actually any other tool that they're using. It doesn't have to be Notion. It's just that majority of my clients revolve around that tool because, well, I love it a lot and people know that. So they go to me for Notion-related stuff, right? Aside from that, I'm also trying to balance my life or basically integrate, you know, work life so that I can have hobbies. I like to do gardening. Um, I want to cook more. I want to organize the house a bit better and all while trying to be healthier, trying to exercise more and live a healthier lifestyle. So that's a lot. That's a lot of things on someone's plate. And add that to the fact that now I'm starting my own team. There's a certain skill that I need to develop as a leader to be able to lead my team well. Or at least that's what I believe. So that's the context that I'll be talking in. You don't have to have the exact same scenario as I do to be able to relate. Maybe you're not a business owner yet or maybe you're a solopreneur, but maybe you have kids. Maybe you also want to start being healthier, right? Like there's always going to be those things that we want to do, but it just feels like it's so out of reach. So I want to share my context and my struggles so that you understand that the things that you're feeling, the things that you think only you can feel, most of the time, they're actually quite normal. And you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised just how many people are feeling the same way as you are, right? So we're coming from that context of having lots and lots of things on our plate and wanting to add more to it because we believe that having a balanced life is great, right? Like all these different areas of our lives that we want to excel in or flourish in, these are all good intentions, but most of the time it's really hard. So again, I'll be sharing my personal story and how I use these tools. And since it's coming from a personal place, it doesn't mean that I'm expecting you guys to feel the same way. Again, take the things that make sense to you and apply it to your own life. Develop a personal filter so that you know which to apply and which to ignore for now, right? And I won't take offense in that. I would actually like it if you are able to get insights from me and applying it to your own scenario and not necessarily just copying everything I do. Because again, we're all about, you know, personal productivity it's like a thumbprint, you know, it's unique to you, the way that you work, the way your brain is wired, the environment that you're in, the situations that you have. So without further ado, let's start. The first tool or strategy that I've used that really worked for me is time blocking. What is time blocking? It's basically similar to a schedule, but I would I would argue that it's not exactly a schedule, right? Because a schedule feels like it's very rigid. A schedule is something like go to bed 8 to 9 p.m., wake up 7 a.m., 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., eat breakfast or cook breakfast, 9 to 10, take a bath, you know, stuff like that. So schedules for me are very strict in the sense that they have a specific time that they need to be done. Whereas time blocks, there's still that element of a duration of time it's being done in. 
for example, eight to nine, eat breakfast. Like in that sense, it's similar to a schedule, but it's more flexible because a schedule tells you exactly what you need to do and when to do it without considering the possibility that your energy might not be enough for a specific task. Whereas I believe time blocking does consider, well, time management, but more than that, it also considers energy management. So I would say time blocks are more flexible in the sense that you can move them around. So I like using the word time blocks more than schedules because schedules are rigid. You have to do this by that and it doesn't matter if you have a headache or it doesn't matter if you're having a bad brain day that day, right? And this has helped me because at that time I was starting my first remote work situation So I was working part-time as a project manager slash tech automations consultant. And it was hard because it's my actual first, not sure if I should call it job, but engagement, I guess, that's pretty long-term. And the reason why it was hard for me was because there was no routine. Working from home makes it hard to have boundaries. So you have to be very deliberate about making a startup routine or wind-up routine and a wind-down routine. And so having time blocks ensures that I'm able to work on the proper things in the proper headspace. It also puts me in the proper, you know, mental focus to actually work on said things. There's this learning curve. It takes a while for it to kick in as with all habits in the first place. But after I got the hang of it, my workflow has just been so much smoother than when I was just doing things on the fly and not having a specific time and place to do something. I guess a good analogy of this is cooking, right? Like, it's awkward to cook in any other place aside from the kitchen, Like, there's a certain environment that you want to be in in order to be able to cook. Like, you can't chop onions on your bed. In the same way, time blocking gives me that headspace to say, okay, after I wake up, this is the first thing that I do. And the order of that might change, but because it's more of a guide... Again, it's not a schedule where you feel chained to it, but it's a guide where it's like, okay, in this block of time, the first block of time is usually for administrative tasks, project management tasks, just things that you need to check, checking your email and stuff like that. And then after you go to prioritizing it, etc., etc. So even though my time block says that I need to check it by 9 a.m., There are days where I actually wake up at 10 during those days. But instead of feeling bad about it because it's not a schedule, because again, I used to use schedules and usually I would feel bad if I skip through a specific thing and it feels like this domino toppling over all over the place. And at the end of the day, you feel really bad because you couldn't do everything on time. Time blocks allows for that flexibility. So all you have to do is like move things around. 
like some puzzle piece where you're trying to look at the best place to put it on your calendar. And usually, another difference I personally like to make is that schedules are usually things other people impose on you, right? Like you have a doctor's appointment, you have a scheduled meeting, you have scheduled checkups and all of that, whereas time blocks usually come from you. So in time blocking, instead, it usually comes from yourself. So you block the time that you want for creative work, you block the time you want for self-care. That's another thing, that's another tip that I've noticed. I think the reason why schedules don't work for us is we tend to be too specific. Like, you don't want it to be so vague that the chunks of time are so big. Like, let's say 8 to 5 is a work chunk, right? But if you divide it into something smaller, but not something too specific, like, for example, 8.05 to 8.10, brush your teeth, and then 8.10 to 8.20, do skincare. Like, it's not so granular, that it makes you anxious about the number of things that you need to do. But it's enough, like it's, it's zoomed in enough to make it not so vague, but not so grainy. It's just right. It's the Goldilocks. <laughs> it's the Goldilocks chunk of time. Like, let's say instead of eight to five being work, you can divide that into what do you usually do? During work hours, do you write? Do you research? What are the steps in your workflow that you need to be doing? Let's see. Mine is usually divided into these things. At least during that time when I was starting out with time blocks. First, there's a time block for checking tasks, checking emails, checking messages inside of Slack. So those I consider my administrative time block. So inside each block, it doesn't matter when I check my email. It doesn't matter when I check my messages. Because again, we don't want to zoom in so much that it's anxiety-inducing, but enough for us to have and have that structure, that crutch that we need to make sure we understand what we need to be doing. So I have an administrative work chunk, and then after that, I have a project management chunk. Sometimes those two blur together. But then after that, I go into building or working mode where I just build automations. I just do my thing. I'm just implementing what needs to be done. And then after that, like there's a little break. And again, that's another thing that people forget when they're trying to schedule is that they forget to schedule breaks. Like, they try to fill their calendars in with so much stuff that they forget to put buffers. And buffers are really important for your sanity. And they're normal. Like, you're not supposed to be 100% on all the time because that's not how we were made, right? And so after building, there's this project management chunk again where... I just check everyone's work, etc., etc. So I basically block my time so that I get enough time for myself to just think to myself, to do things by myself. Because if I'm always available to the team, 
to chat with, to ask questions about, then it becomes harder, right? And I've carried that practice of time blocking even now. So the situation is a bit different now, but there's basically still those same blocks, right? I have an administrative block, I have a project management block, and then I have blocks for building, implementing, I have blocks for creating podcasts and creating content. And then, of course, I also have blocks for resting and gardening, all of that. And subconsciously, once this system has been implemented using time blocks, you'll actually realize that this is what makes a routine, right? Like specific things done in a certain sequence, not necessarily needing it to be like one after the other, but enough for your brain to memorize that after you do admin tasks, this is what you do, right? Or or now my blocks are actually wake up, read the Bible, drink your coffee, do some gardening, and then do some admin work for your own business, and then do some admin work for specific clients that you are managing right now, and then delegating things as needed because, again, now I have a team, and then making enough space for me to work on my own as needed. And again, put in some blocks for resting. I tend to find the Pomodoro technique still working for me to a certain extent. So that's what I do, right? So that's basically time blocking. How do you do that? How do you start time blocking? I highly recommend using a calendar. You can even start using a physical one if you like writing on paper first. Like you can print a calendar off of Google or there are even, I've seen this on Shopee and Lazada. There are some calendars. There's like a one year calendar that they sell. It's like this big sheet. And it's just all of the days of the year that you can fill out and plan for yourself if if you wish to do that, right? But after you write it on a physical calendar, I suggest that you put it all in one calendar that is digital. Especially if you're working with people who are digital natives. You know, if you have clients, if you work with a team remotely, etc. You have to have your calendars prepared for that. I like to use Google Calendar. So I think I have multiple calendars, right? Like I have my work calendar. I have a personal calendar. I have some email addresses from some clients that I'm still using. And I have a separate calendar for Facebook appointments because that's a thing. Because sometimes people book appointments through Facebook. So basically, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's a calendar, I'm going to sync them all up to one master calendar. So I always have this bird's eye view of what's happening in my day, no matter which calendar it is. The other reason why I like having a digital calendar is because even if I'm on the go, or it doesn't even matter, even if I'm still at home, if I have a digital calendar, I can be alarmed, I can be notified when I have a meeting. 
this, I'm not proud to say this, but there are times, you know, when you're too into work and you forgot that you have a meeting and thank goodness for notifications. So I have at least 10 minutes to mentally prepare myself for, for an apparently two hour meeting. I skipped my mind because I was too focused in my work. So notifications are great. It's also great for scheduling with other people. And it's really easy to set recurring events once you get used to the whole process. So highly recommend that for time blocking and just in general for for knowing what's happening in your day. Because it surprises me how a lot of people come to me and say, I need help because my quote-unquote time management is haywire and I'm asking them like okay what's wrong and they say it's not to shame or judge anyone because I understand like setting up calendars it's another thing that you have to learn and all of that but basically like these people they have a schedule problem right but they haven't even plotted what's in their actual schedule so that's a pro tip right there like if you're having a problem with anything you have to audit yourself first. Like, what is the baseline? Like, what are we working with? And if you have that calendar, even if it's a physical one, if you plot everything in one place, it's easier to see than just, you know, thinking about it. You Maybe you just, maybe you just feel like your schedule's haywire. But in reality, once you plot it out, you realize that it's not that bad, right? So... We recognize these emotions, this feeling of, you know, not being in control of our schedule, but we temper that with some data and actually looking at the facts like, okay, this feeling that my time is out of control, is this real or do I just feel like it? How would you know that, right? And the way to know that is to really just jot that all down. So that's for time blocking and also, some tips on scheduling, using a calendar, etc. Now we move on to another technique that I'm using, which is day theming. Day theming, which is kind of like task batching. So I'll be talking about both task batching and day theming so you understand what day theming is a bit better. And the context of this one is... So at first, I was just working with... A few one-on-one clients that are one-time projects, so it's not that heavy. And then I had a part-time engagement with one client. So it wasn't so bad, so time blocking was the way to go. I knew about day theming and task batching, but at that moment in my life, at that specific season in my life, it didn't make sense for me to do day theming. Maybe because I just didn't need to batch so many things together in the first place. But then I suddenly started getting more clients. I kind of broke off the engagement from the previous tech automations project management client and turned that into a more consulting kind of engagement. But basically what happened was more retainer clients, retainer clients meaning clients that are engaged with me for a longer period of time. So these are, they aren't just one-off calls. They're more indefinite. There's expected output on a monthly basis. 
So even though individually, they're all part-time, quote-unquote, maybe you guys are more familiar with the term part-time, like there's way more boxes in my brain, right? Like for example, before, I just had two boxes in my brain, one for the client and one for my own business. And maybe the empty space in between them is everything else in my life. But now, every client is a new box because they do things differently and then there's also processes and other recurring things that we need to do for every single client. So there's a lot swirling in my head because you have to manage each individual client. So you can think of this if you don't work with multiple clients. Maybe you have a full-time job and then multiple side gigs. Or maybe you have two part-time jobs. Or maybe you work a full-time job, but then you have a side business that's completely different. Like maybe maybe you're a programmer with a, with a food business on the side or an e-commerce business on the side. So these take up more space in our brain. At least for me, that's what happened, right? Like I needed to juggle a lot more things to the point that just time blocking was not cutting it anymore. So what happened, this was only, yeah, okay, I'll be transparent, (laughs) even though being vulnerable is so scary. But it was around December, I was feeling, so I quit that, tech automations job. I got another client. So this time it was Notion Consulting, but it was more of like a retainer setup, meaning, you know, monthly, I get a certain number of hours expected from me. Although we're not hourly, we're not being time-tracked or anything. It's just that there's a certain pay connected to the amount of output. So for example, I'm expected to work 20 hours a week, But they're not time-tracking it. It's just that these are the expected things that need to be done if you're working at least 20 hours. So it doesn't matter if I do all of that in 10 hours, but there's still a certain level of quality and expectation with that said work. So I hope that makes sense. That's basically a big chunk in my head occupying my brain all of the time. So I would report to work every day. And I'm not sure if you guys could understand. If you're also a freelancer, maybe you, you'd you be able to relate. But basically, when you have a client with a very big engagement with you, or maybe you can even think of it if you are working remotely, you're working for a company, and you have a salary, a monthly salary, but also trying to balance other things. There's this tendency where you prioritize your clients over your own business or you prioritize, basically, in other words, in layman's terms, you prioritize other people's needs above your own. Does anyone relate? Because like, that's really me. I feel, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that was me, right? Like, even though I am aware of it, it was hard to get out of, but because of course you want to give quality work and then... Since I'm reporting every day, I'm going into our Slack every single day. Even though I'm done with work that day, there's this untold pressure that's usually intrinsic that makes me want to work more. That makes me want to push myself further for this client. And so what happens is I do great work for the client, but I don't have enough 
mental energy to work on my own stuff. And that was also an issue with my previous client. Actually, that client was also my business mentor. And she was the one who suggested that I do time blocking in the first place, right? And that worked really well. But now it, I found that time blocking wasn't cutting it. Like time blocking alone wasn't working. And it took a while for me to realize that. But when I did, right? But when I did realize, I was like, this cannot happen because if I'm working on another person's business, then I can't make my own business flourish. I don't have the mental energy to make more podcast episodes. I don't have the mental capacity or even physical energy to garden anymore or work out which are the things I wanted to do, which is why I wanted to be able to control my own time. That's why I became a freelance consultant in the first place, which is very ironic, right? So I thought about trying out day theming. And day theming is an advanced version of task batching. So let's start with task batching. What is task batching? How do you use it, etc. So task batching is basically grouping similar tasks together and doing them all at the same time. For example, checking your email. So there are some people who like to check their emails every 15 minutes. And we might think that that's a productive thing to do because it's just a few seconds every single time. But the tendency is, without knowing it, when you add all of that time together, you actually spend way more time than if you just check your email maybe once, twice a day, and then just leave it at that, right? So that's a classic example of a task that you can batch, checking your emails. Another thing you could do is having one set time to check all of your work messages and responding to them in bulk instead of being always on and responding to things as they go. You can do task matching even without day theming. It's just that day theming, I feel like you can do task matching with whatever. Sometimes there are these techniques that you can stack one on top of the other, like skills in an RPG game or something where they can work together. But there are some skills that you can't, like they're more like finishing moves and I guess day theming is one of them. Yeah, day theming is a bit more intense in the sense that instead of batching just your tasks, it also batches basically your mental focus for that day. What do I mean by this? So example again. So let's go back to, let's go back to the fact that I now have multiple areas, multiple boxes in my head competing for my attention, right? So, on a typical day, pre-day theming, what happens is, let's define the boxes, right? You have client one, you have actual internal parts of your business, the back end stuff, and then you have external parts of the business, which is content creation, making podcasts, and then you have, let's just put all the personal stuff into one box for now, right? So on any given day, all of these boxes are open. They're active. They're always on. But I found that the box of this client is so big that basically if I try to open it for that day, 
I can't open some other boxes, maybe one or two boxes, right? So day theming, what this does is I basically set days where I open just that client's box and nothing else. And then in other days, I don't open that box at all. So basically what this looks like right now is Tuesday and Wednesday, I open that specific big client's box. Because I realized that the box that it occupies in my head is too big for it to exist with other boxes, other areas of my life. So Tuesday, Wednesday, my attention is purely on that client. Other days, I don't even look at the Slack channel. I don't check the emails for that client. What this does is it forces that boundary. There is a clear delineation that Tuesday and Wednesday is for client X. If it's not Tuesday or Wednesday, then I don't have to work. Or right now, I really don't work unless it's an emergency. And there are rarely any emergencies if you're doing project management properly. So how did this help me? I realized once I started doing this, the benefits for me were improved focus and, of course, improved productivity. I feel like my sanity is back because... There's the number of boxes open at any given point is very manageable. And it works really well with time blocking still. I find that time blocking is really good for people who have a lot of areas of responsibilities competing for our attention. So you can just imagine them as boxes in your head, right? So aside from having a certain day or days for a specific client, if they're big enough, Another thing I do is like Mondays are more for operations. So making sure that things are delegated properly now that I have a team checking their work, etc. So Monday is for admin stuff for the business. Tuesday, Wednesday is for this big client. And then Thursday, Friday are usually meeting days and days where I create proposals, do other business stuff and all of that. So now there is a clear direction and plan in my head every week that I am expected to put on certain hats in certain days of the week. And that has been really helpful because now I don't feel like I need to wear 10 hats all at once, right? Some days I wear these hats and some other days I wear these hats. So time blocking, really good for anyone, actually. I I find that it's really good for anyone. You don't have to fill your calendar up. So if maybe maybe you just have one client, then you can just block it in the morning or evening when your brain is more active, and then you can be free for the rest of the day. That's what we all want, right? There's nothing wrong with a free calendar that's actually... The goal, that's my goal at the very least. Like, that's what I'm trying to build. So if you don't have a lot of things competing for your attention, not a lot of things to manage, and by that I mean, just because I've laid out how many things I have on my plate doesn't mean that you're expected to have the same number. You might have a lower number than I do. Maybe you have a higher number. Doesn't matter. 
just follow your instinct, follow your gut feeling into what works for you, right? That is the number one thing I always try to tell people is to listen to themselves. That's what this podcast is all about in the first place. So that's time blocking. And then day theming is good if you have lots of stuff on your plate, lots of boxes in your head, where you basically assign certain days of the week for certain tasks. I already gave my example. Some examples are maybe Mondays are content creation days, Fridays are rest days, Thursdays are finance days, Wednesdays are family days, etc. All of that, you know? So that's basically some tools that I'm using to make myself more productive and just managing a lot of things all at the same time without, you know, losing my head. And all while still enjoying it and being able to sneak in and exercise and prioritizing myself if I need to. Since I know the rules, now I'm able to adjust it as needed. And it works for me. So hopefully, you've found some helpful things that you can start practicing today. And speaking of helpful tips, if you're interested in this kind of content, you know, just productivity, but in a purposeful way, I recommend signing up for my newsletter. I write it whenever I have something good to say. And you can find that link in the show notes down below. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Purposeful Productivity Podcast. Again, I am your host, Cels Alejandro, productivity coach, notion consultant, aspiring farmer. <laughs> Hope you guys have a great week ahead. And don't forget to take care of yourself and keep on growing. Bye, everyone. So that was today's episode of the Purposeful Productivity Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Cels Alejandro. And if you want to learn more about this or get all the latest updates on this podcast, the best way for you to do that is to go to cellsalejandro.com slash newsletter. Again, that's Cels Alejandro. That's my name, cellsalejandro.com slash newsletter. Thank you so much for sticking around. I'll see you in the next one. Take care. Bye. And don't forget to always show up every day. Bye.